Hey, what's up, guys? This is the WCBC Podcast. I am Hunter. I am Ellen. And I'm Josh. And guys, the three amigos, we are here, and I cannot remember if this is week eight or week nine or even week seven, but all I know is this, is we are in the Beatitudes, and we are finishing them up this week. Guys, how you feeling? Blessed. Blessed. Josh, what about you? Absolutely blessed, yes. I'm telling you, I'm really looking forward to um, continuing, you know, the Beatitudes because, like, last – I found myself, listeners, maybe – I hope you're like this too. But, like, ever since last week, we kind of dissected, like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Man, I have just been thinking about that phrase nonstop. And even, like, in my prayer life this week, like, recognizing, like, Lord – I, 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 like I was reading uh, Hannah's prayer yesterday in First Samuel, and I mean I got to the point where Eli looks at her and he's like watching her pray without saying words, and he's like I think she's drunk, and he's like woman quit drinking, and she's like I'm not drunk, I'm just pouring out my soul unto the Lord, and it, it, I mean the Lord just like boom hit me, and he's like Hunter, when's the last time you've poured your soul out to me? And I was like oh man, but in that it's almost like he just showed me that Hannah. Even though she had no, she was recognizing that she was poor in that moment, in spirit, in weakness, calling upon the Lord, and blessed are poor. It came to my mind, and I've, I've just been—I don't know about you all, but I, I've just been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, and it's—it's it's a good to have reminders that uh, we're blessed, especially in the time that we live in when there's so much negativity, and oh. all it's—you know—it seems to be focused on, and all it seems to be talked about is the bad things. Uh, just to spend some time in God's Word and understand that, man, we're blessed as a nation. We're blessed as people. And uh, I know it's hard to watch the news and figure that out, but you yeah. can spend some time in God's Word, and He'll reveal it to you. Hey, i tell you what. Uh, Sunday morning, if you weren't at church anywhere, let me tell you about the Lord showing up at Watson's Chapel Sunday morning. It was one of those uh, services where it's unmistakable. Yeah, what's happening, lives being changed, people being, uh, you know. And again, it's none of my business what all God did, but boy, I can tell you what, it's it was a powerful service, and I know God God touched some lives Sunday morning. If nobody else has, he touched mine. Yeah, I, I literally was about to go and start talking about, you know, the, the message and the things that he talked about Sunday morning. Um, even Sunday night, you know, when he was talking about um, – I think he talked about the end times just a little bit and started talking about just different things and the Lord and all. And we, me and him, we continued that conversation literally like the next day. Um, and it, it and like, here's the crazy thing is like Sunday was amazing. Oh my goodness. But like last Wednesday night, for you guys that are out there that are listening, you know, our, we've started our Wednesday nights back up with like our, our youth and our kids and all this stuff. And, I mean, this number might sound scary to some people, but, like, we had, like, 50 or more kids show up from middle school and high school worship not last Wednesday. I mean, it was just so powerful. Like, there were way more kids than adults. We were very outnumbered. But I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord has just been so um, evident in our church. And I, I hope if you go somewhere else that you can just see – um, the the spirit of the Lord, He's still at work. Absolutely, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because it, it's not a competition between who's no. <laughs> who's doing what. Not at all. But here's the deal: this is the message we want to send out. If you're tired and 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 sick to death of negativity and just up to here with 
Well, they can't see me, but up to here with the... <laughs> Alan just put his hand at his forehead, viewer, <laughs> the, listeners. The play-by-play. <laughs> Just sick of negativity and sick of the fact that, you know, the folks are, uh, you know, rebelling against authority and, and lack of respect for any type of power. Yeah. Uh, to, to see the power of God on display, man, it's, it's refreshing. So, I mean, let, let's start with this before we get into, you know, our scriptures. And, Josh, I, I'd love for you to start. I'm going to ask a question, and this is just how it's going. Um why is it important that people see the positivity in the church right now? Well, for one, I mean, right now this is more important than ever just because of the, the rest of the world is looking, they're searching, they're seeking. Um, so inside of the church, I mean, we are representatives of Christ. So we have to have, you know, we have to find that joy through him. And everything that we do, the way we speak to people, the way we interact with people, you know, I mean, with, with our children's ministry, a lot of these kids are coming in and they're, they're attention hungry. So they act out a little bit and it's not for anything of wanting anything bad. It's just that they, they, they're uh, craving attention. And the sad thing is, is that with all the technology and all of the um, busyness that we occupy our lives with, they're not getting in that home. They're yeah. not getting any parent interaction. Right. They've been out of school due, due to the virus. They've not had schooling. Um, so, so they're kind of going stir crazy, and they're, they're truly just seeking. And now is a good time in, in society when everybody's looking for a platform. Everybody's looking for to have their voice heard yes. for the church of the living God who has tapped into the largest source of power in the universe— it's time for them to step up. And, and, and here, I've said this many times during Sunday school when I teach, but I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of the church uh, organization system uh, as a whole. Too many years, they've not been presenting something that's attractive. Mm-hmm. And if anybody in this earth has a reason to be re- Rejoicing, to be happy, to be thankful, to be presenting something that's visually on the outside that they can see joy and happiness and peace and all the things that that, that we're because we're blessed, you know. Uh, and, and there again, uh, there's nothing worse than a, than a than a lukewarm Christian. The Bible talks about it. Right. How miserable you are. Mm-hmm. And typically, when you get in that position, if you are a child of God. It's not a happy place to be, and your countenance is bad. And if I can see your displeasure and your discomfort in your countenance, the world can too. Absolutely. And that's the way I, my, my, if, if I'm at the house and my wife knows instantly something's wrong with me, and she'll say, hey, what's, what's bothering you? Because you can see it on my face. You can see it in the way I carry myself. You can see it in the way I respond to, you know, in conversation. Uh, the world's the same way that, guys, they can, they can see when we're not – presenting something that's happy and, and, and attractive. Well, a couple that's a couple weeks ago, I did a study, and I was in Psalms 107. And uh, the opening of Psalms 107, like, really hit me because it says that, that the redeemed in the Lord say so. Yeah. 
you know, and that's and that's it. It's not the religious. It's not the it's not the attenders of church. It's the redeemed in the Lord, where we can find that joy. And the members say, of Watson's Chapel. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> it's because God's done that miracle in our life. In our life, exactly. And that's the thing about it. And that's what you know. So what that's we we have to remember is you know that day that we came to that place where He saved us, the state we were in, yeah. the state we were in after that fact. <laughs> you know, I mean that that that's where we find our happiness and joy, and that's what we. Have to show the world yeah. is that it's not us i mean we're redeemed it, it's all because of christ exactly. and his love for us yeah and i mean galatians 2 20 paul said it's no longer i who live but christ, christ who lives in me and so that's where like you know if you're listening to this and you don't go to church maybe you don't even like christianity but yet there's this question you have of like why are you guys so happy well it's because of this i i don't have a lot of worry about a virus. I don't have a lot of, you know, nervousness or anxiety about a virus. Now, do I realize that it's real? Yes. Do I ever want to be sick or hurt? No. But I just know that my hope is in the Lord. That's right. it. And so I don't walk around or wake up day to day scared for my life because ultimately um, I have doubts and I have questions and I have these things, but I know if a virus were to come and take my life, well, that's fine because. For me, this is just part one. Sure. This is just the intro to life as a Christian. We view the 60, 70, 50 years I might live as an intro because once I'm saved, it hasn't even started. Yes, the once short- I get where the Lord is, yeah. that's where it's meant to be. It's the shortest part of uh, eternity that you'll ever know is right now. Oh, and, you know, it's like I was talking about this um yesterday today before but we as humans we live in a concept in a window of reality and by that i mean what's before our eyes but the bible says uh, jesus said blessed are those who haven't seen but they believe faith is believing without seeing you know and, and so as a human we live in this window this con- like i said of reality but it, it's the thing before our eyes so you know, as a Christian, I haven't seen Jesus come back yet, right? I mean, I've read about it, I've studied about it, and I understand and I believe that it's actually going to occur. And so that's why I have hope. That That's why I have joy, because I have the faith in, in the Lord. And, you know, when a person doesn't have that spiritual understanding or, or the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within them, or they don't believe in Jesus at all, you don't have the faith. You don't have that option to put your hope somewhere else. All you live and look through is the window of the perception of reality. Mm-hmm, right now. And, and before everybody's eyes right now is political, I mean, disgust. Um, all, all, you know, we're not a political show, but we do look at the things that are going on in the world to compare them to prophecy. You would have to live under a rock yeah, somewhere to, or a hole in the ground not to be aware of the fact that society as a whole is in a turmoil. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. If, 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 you, if you want some ironclad logic to, to stand behind, uh, Jesus Christ is coming back. And yeah. I've heard it all my life. Right. And I've heard it when I was a young man like you, Hunter. So he, here's some ironclad logic for you to hang your hat on. That's been 25 years ago. It's closer now than it was then. It's closer yeah. now than it's ever been. So the fact that the coming of Christ is quickly approaching us is a reality. Yeah, and, you know, I've found myself as a young guy in ministering things. You know, when the Scripture talks about that, they'll ask, you know, where is he? 
why does he come back? And it talks about, you know, um, you know, his long suffering, his patience. It's not that everyone would perish, but all come to repent, could experience repentance. Right. And, and so if you're listening, you're like, you know, y'all been saying this for years that this Jesus, you know, and, and if you, that's because he might be being patient for people that are in that place saying, well, where is he? Exactly. Why? Where where's this hoax? You know that Christianity has been saying for thousands. Because I mean, John wrote First John. What we heard from the sermon, he wrote that we were in the end times a long time ago. That that thought has been raining through my mind ever since Sunday. It, 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 and just driving to work this morning. Yeah, the sun's cracking. You can see it's kind of getting lights coming. World's coming to life. Just a day to day. Yeah, could be, could and, be, right. and it could be. And I mean, John wrote this a long time ago. But here's the thing that I, I hold to: is when you read in Ecclesiastes, which we also heard chapter two. I did a sermon on that at the youth house a few weeks ago. I love reading after Solomon. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. But when you get over there, and I think it's like uh, chapter three, where he, when he talk, there's a season for this, there's a season for this, there's a season. Well, that just shows us that when it comes to God, He doesn't live in the realm of time that I have as a human. See, I I wake up every day, and I understand that there's 12 hours of day, and there's 12 hours of night that calculates to 24 hours, and that is a complete day. Well, we cling to that because in Genesis, He made night, He called it, you know, well, He called, let there be light, you know, I'll call this day, I'll call this night. But here's the thing, God designed time for humans. And this is kind of like some thick water to walk through, but this is cool. So God designed time for us. Therefore, God in His sovereignty and His providence and all of His perfectness designed what time would look like from the natural eye. So for humans, right? Because we're not gods, we're absolutely the complete opposite. So therefore, for God to create time for humanity, that means he had to exist outside of time. Absolutely. And so that's why you read that a day could be a thousand years to the Lord, a thousand years could be a day. That's because God exists outside of time. So for us, we look and think, well, John said it was in the last days, and it's been thousands of years. But that's a thousand years to me. That's a thousand years to the listeners. We count that to the, you know, the mind calendar. We look at all 365 and a half or how many days when the leap year comes. We look at that and we count that. But God exists outside of that. And so therefore, we say it's a thousand years, but for him, it could be seconds. Yeah. It could be a couple. We don't know. And I, it's even like, you know, when you think about Moses went on the mount, right? Anyway, you know, take your shoes off. And he was basically with God for about 40 days. Do you know how much God could have showed Moses in those 40 days? But, you know, I was talking to our pastor yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, Moses probably didn't even realize what day it was. He probably didn't realize how long he was really with God because God exists outside of time, and he was just focused on being on holy ground. Yeah. And so that just shows me and gives me hope and gives me trust that the reason it's been thousands of years is because of that scripture. He doesn't want people to perish. Yeah. He, he, he is a God of wrath. He is a God of judgment. But he's a God of love who wants all of humanity to come. I mean, Paul said on Mars Hill, we are his offspring. He, he want, I believe God wants all of his offspring to be redeemed and come back to, you know, that Adam and Eve state before sin. But... We live in a day and age in America where people are telling me that you can kill babies and it's okay. We live in a day and age where 
that you can date anyone of any uh, sexual gender, any age, any all of these things. And you're like, well, why are you going on this? I'm bringing that up because people are choosing sin over God. Exactly right. right. And, and I mean, Romans 1, we heard it in the sermon, you know, uh, they became vain in their imaginations. And about three times he said, yep. God gave them up. God gave them up. God gave them up. Well, now he gave them over. And so we see that, yeah, God does exist outside of time. He doesn't want people to perish at all. But yet, because there's a free will to choose sin, people are telling me that they think it's okay to kill babies, you know, and to do all of these things. But when you look at the Bible, we're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to do that stuff. I mean, uh, Herod and a bunch of kings, they killed tons of children in the day of Moses, in the day of Christ, and they answered for what they did. Yep. And it's just crazy, and I, that's why I brought it up, is because if you choose sin, like when you look at America, and I know this is long, but if you look at America and you look at the political world and you look at all of these things, I, I look at all those things and I can't compare them to the Bible, and we're seeing Roman 1s, like Pastor said, before our eyes right now, people that are like, yeah, you can kill a baby, it's okay. You can do what you want, it's okay. But that's not okay. Here's the society that we live in. A mother can have a child, take that child, bash its head against a stone or yeah. beat it to death and throw it in a trash can and the police find that they'll prosecute her and put her in jail for murder yeah her life's over absolutely three or four or five days earlier if she'd went to a clinic she could have had it aborted and the government would pay for it that doesn't make mm. sense that's the yeah. society that we live in broken and, and it, it's broken yeah and that's the reason i believe that paul you know he wrote romans 13 there's a reason why he said you need to pray for your leaders you need to pray for your government because of times right now and you're like well you're just talking about right now guys the early church they went through some bad emperors yeah nero you know a bunch of those i mean but yet paul said we got we've got to pray for them ultimately i bet that you know we need to pray for their salvation that they'll come back to god but we need to pray that you know god allows rulers and kings their times are appointed you know there's a time for all these things and, and so god allows these things here's what i think you you, you think times are bad and you think times are hopeless and you think there is no hope if you get a little taste of what i got sunday morning there's hope oh Absolutely. there is god, god can god can fix all of this yeah because he's still got all the power he's ever had that's right. And he's still just as capable as he's ever been. But it's because of... He's the same yesterday, wait, today, tomorrow, forevermore. If my people, put your cup of my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face. Yeah. Then will I hear from heaven. Well, Forgive their sins. Yeah. Their land. And I mean, it's just like Jeremiah crying out to Israel. He said, repent or else Babylon, they're going to come. The kingdoms are going to come and take us over. And they're like, no, it's, we want to live in sin. It's a pretty simple message that's age. It's as old as the ages. And yeah. the concepts work. I mean, history, that's why we've got the Bible. We, yeah. And we, we, we cherish the Bible. And, and if you guys have listened to more than one podcast, you understand that it is the, it is the, the, the foundational principle of this conversation and every conversation that we have. That word of God is so powerful, and it is so able to change a man's heart. That's why we're passionate about it. And yep. it's, 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 the, it's the structure from which not only this nation was founded on, it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the structure and the, the, the saving grace for uh, any hope to have in the future. Yep. And, and kind of to bring this back into what we were talking about with that question is that's why the church is the most positive should be the most positive thing right now it's because there's negativity everywhere else and i'll and i'll end it with two two quotes and they're gonna i'm gonna butcher them 
But, you know, I was talking to my friend Logan Blackwell. He's the youth pastor at uh, First Baptist Madisonville. And we were talking about just kids and youth right now. And we were talking about opening up and doing all these things. And Logan said, the kids are craving it. People, Absolutely. kids are craving it right now. You're like, no, they're not. You know, they need to be safe. They need, guys, I, we have kids in high schoolers and people showing up right now that they are craving something. What's the definition of hope? The expectation of a better day. Yeah. If it don't get no better yeah. <laughs> than what it is right now, man, life, we're all miserable. We're all bankrupt. But thank God that his word promises us yeah. that we have a, a, a living hope. Yes. And, I mean, and not only are kids and youth craving it, but we've had, ever since we've opened the doors, we're having people show up that are hearing the sermon online that are hearing it somewhere else, and they're, and they're just showing up, and they're like, we need help. No, they're, they're we need things. Starving, we need hope. We need, starving for it. We, we know that we're wrong. We know, and, and guys, it's not happening just for us. It's happening all over the place right now that people, some of them, their eyes are being opened. And then the second quote I was going to talk is I watched an interview. You know, California's going through it right now. You know, the governor's telling them the go- that you can't do this, you can't worship, you can't have this. Um, you know, pray for John MacArthur and a lot of these pastors yeah. that are are holding God and not Caesar. Yeah, they're and we need to pray for them. And you know, I believe that the lawyers and people that are representing them are going to come through because of our constitution and things. But we need to pray for them. But one of the pastors that was wanting to sue the governor was like, the hospitals are open for physical needs, right? You guys are letting alcohol and things be open right now to produce and promote drunkenness and hope and all. he's like so all these things are open but the most need the most the biggest need for humanity is the spiritual need we should be open and that's what he kept saying on fox news was we should be open people the doctors are open and for physical sicknesses so what about the spiritual sicknesses right we're opening everything else up that's going to hurt spiritual sickness let the church open and that those two quotes right there what logan said and then that just bring it in that the church needs to be open right now it needs to be positive it needs to be seeking the lord and listen if you're listening to this you go to another church and you guys are doing things different that's amazing because each church needs to assess the congregation and the threat level of the virus and then make a plan like everyone's doing right now when are we going to open what's going to open first do we do kids do we start Every church needs to assess that because what, every church is yeah. different. And what changes do we make? We've made some changes here. Yes. And, and, and as we go forward... Every week we're yeah, assessing what's we are, going on. We are. We're, we're still doing deep cleans and we're doing, you know, wiping doorknobs and, and, and drinking fountains and, and seats and, and, and the whole uh, sanctuary is, is being yeah. clogged and, and sanitized. But uh, when we go back to the fact that this uh, dilemma... Not really a dilemma. It's a war, and we've talked about spiritual, spiritual warfare. warfare. We've talked about spiritual warfare a lot. This is a time for the church not only to be diligent, but to be visible, to be passionate, to be uh, brave. Yeah. I guess would be the best way of putting it. Not silly, not reckless, not careless, but understand the mission, the goal, the the, the commission yeah. that's been given to us. COVID-19 has not relieved us of that responsibility. Yeah, that's right. We've still got it. We've still got a job to do. And when we get uh, aware of the fact that uh, we have the 
largest support group <laughs> and the most resources and all that's available to us and, and get energized and get committed, uh, this war, hey, it's not for the weak. It's not for the timid. Yeah. That bunch of people in Oregon are not very timid. No. But here's the deal. The, the Church of the Living God, if anybody has a reason to be passionate, if anybody has a reason to be uh, 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 st- to stand firm yeah. in what they believe, well, it's all through the Scripture. Yeah. We need to stand well, firm. Th- that's the thing is that, so like right now, you know, the Bible is under persecution in, in our society, in our nation. You know, they're, they're having gatherings where they're standing against the Bible and they're choosing to burn it. And and, and the, some of those churches that are out there are also – they have a motive of basically they're removing Christ. And they're teaching a message that is very loosely with the Word of God. So they take Christ out of it. It's a message that can, makes you feel good, yep. makes you feel like you're doing okay. You know, don't worry about it. We all sin. You know, but they're not giving any hope with that message. They're, they're, they're leaving the hope to be self attained you know you the hope is that you're a good person but we're not good and we need christ and the world needs christ Absolutely. more now than ever before proof we go back to the comment that hunter made about uh, us living in the now and we're looking at our circumstances and we're looking at the things that we can see everything i can do to make me feel better about myself right now i'm all about it that's what the world tells us right just be be happy now be content in the moment. If you if it makes you feel good, do it. Right. It's got to be right because if you make yeah. 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 And this is just the way the conversation's going today, and I like it, so I, I'm not going to hinder it. Uh, but even like in Romans 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And that's what we're talking about right now, is that during this time, the church needs to be that lighthouse upon the hill. The Christian needs to let the light shine because it's not us anymore. It's Christ who lives in us. And so that's why the church needs to be positive and the Christian needs to be positive is because what Romans 5 just taught us, okay, we've been justified by faith. So because of that, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But also we've obtained by faith the grace that we stand in. And because of all that, now we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God, that God would be gloried. But ultimately, that our hope and our faith is going to lead one day to eternity with God. And and so, you know, friends, listeners, challenge yourself. How how are you being a light right now? How how are you helping the church look like a positive influence to a sick, sinful world right now? Assess your faith. I mean, this is a time right now where your faith's under attack. And we've, yeah. How much do I have? And we've talked about that. Is it anemic? Is Is it growing? Is it enough to keep me uh, uh, serving God yeah. faithfully? And I, here we go. We're talking about a genuine, sincere, because that's what our relationship with God is anyway. Yeah. Uh, that It's not about me bragging. It's not about me showing up to church. But it's about that personal relationship that's intimate with God that he knows right down from where he's at. He can look straight into my heart and see what the condition of it is. Right. And he knows what my motives are. Mm. So when we when we start pursuing him, What's that faith like? Yes. 
Is it strong? Is it getting stronger? Is it growing? That faith will push you to a position of service, I promise you. You can't sit on your hands when you get your relationship with God right and he puts you in a position to understand, and there's a lot to do. So here, here, here's a question, and this is going to push the envelope a little bit. The, this pandemic that we're currently going through, there was a the report of a church, 3,000-plus members or average attendees. They told them they were going to be fined. The first 1,000 were fined. Um, they had, I think, 1,500 that showed up at that service. And, okay, so we're in this current time that we're in now. So what's the next step? Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking of faith, so the next step is that there's no assembly together for churches. You cannot come together publicly anymore. You know, that, so, so where does your faith lie? You know, are, you, are, we, are we willing to make that stand to say, you know what, I know what the law is telling me I can and cannot do, but I also understand what the Word of God tells me that I have to do. So let's talk about some ironclad logic here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from me. I'm not the, you know what I'm saying, but when you break it down to its simplest level, that's, that's what I do. I, I break it down just as simple as I can get it. When you start talking about forbidding, fining, threatening, let's dig down to the root of that. Where's that coming from? Who's the owner of all of that? Yeah. Deceitfulness. The evil yeah, one. It's, it's, Let, that's right. Now let's go back to our spiritual warfare. Right. What's our responsibility? Are we going to retreat? We're going. To, we're going. To, we're going to dig a hole. Our pastor talked about the ostrich sticking his head in the yeah, yeah. sticking his sticking his head in the hole in the ground and hiding and hoping nobody sees him. Uh, or, or or you know, war's not made to be pretty. No. And, and like I said, we've, we're we're we're, uh, we're soldiers in 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 a, in a godly army. And uh, we've got that responsibility, not only for ourselves, not only for our church, but for our, I mean, our future generations, our kids, our grandkids, yes. uh, and, and the ones that are coming up behind us. Yeah. And with what your question was, which at this point, I've already pushed my notes aside. So let's just <laughs> we'll, keep going. We'll get to the Beatitudes next year. <laughs> <laughs> so with what you're, you know, you're saying about, you know, the government and the things that are being pushed down upon the church now, we're not we're not trying to tell people to form an anti-government group at all. Because when you look- when you look at the context of Romans thirteen, I would encourage you um, go look up John MacArthur's sermon that he preached after they you know threatened to find him about Caesar. I think it's like we don't we won't obey Caesar, but we'll you know obey God. Something along the lines of the title. And he even wrote a blog. It's all I read it. I've listened to the sermon. And at no point is John MacArthur disrespecting, slandering, hating the governor of their their state. He's not. In fact, I bet he's still praying for him every oh, day. Yeah. But what John MacArthur and I, what John MacArthur was saying is what the Bible actually says too, is that there comes a point that when the government is trying to tell us that we can't worship anymore, what right do they have to do that? Well said. And here, uh, here's what we got. When the, when the ultimatum is put out there and man presents us with a decision that we have to make, what's the choice? The Bible's pretty plain. Yeah. Are you going to serve man? Are you going to serve God? We're not, we're not looking for a, you know, a, to pick a fight with the government? No, we're not looking to make 
anybody mad. We're not instigators, but we're just talking about what principles are in God's word that somebody needs to be talking about. It needs to be verbalized, and we need to have not only the conversation, but we need to have the people involved in that conversation have it come alive in their life. Yeah, and I mean, even like um, when you think about Paul, when you read about his travels through Acts and stuff, you know, they brought him before King Agrippa, they brought him before um, all these kings and stuff, but when you read, I mean... At one point, I can't remember which one, but they brought him, and one of them was excited. that He's like, I've heard all about you yeah. and all the things you've done. Well, Paul ends up sharing his faith, and then they end up like making fun of him and all of these things. But then you have, you know, he's before another king. He's like, you've almost persuaded me. Yeah. So Paul never approached hatefully, violently, or anything. He was just like, this is what Jesus has done for me. And all of a sudden, these guys are starting to like him. Or they don't like him. I mean, there's both sides of the spectrum. When he's in prison, he's winning guards. He's winning prisoners. So Paul was, I mean, when you read, he was friendly. I mean, people liked him. People wanted to be around him that were even against him at at, at some point, you know. He's at Mars Hill in front of all these philosophers. I'm like, bring this guy in. Do you hear what he's saying? Some of them are like, he's crazy. The other ones are like, wait a second. He's on to something. They bring him up to the hill, and they're like, speak to everyone here. And he's like, well, okay. So he just, you know, starts preaching about the unknown God. So when you look at how Paul approached things, okay, Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Okay, that's what John MacArthur's doing right now. He's being an imitator of Paul, which is ultimately an imitator of Christ. Just like all the pastors right now, listen, your church is probably in a different opening phase than ours right now. But I know, you know, that you trust your pastor and there are true biblical pastors right out there right now that, like, this is hard for them. I mean, Absolutely. what do you do? Absolutely. And we're not making a lot of the situation that's going on currently in society. It's a, sure. it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a daily event, not on the news that we hear yeah. about people getting COVID, but I'm talking about in our communities. Yeah. Or so-and-so, you know, so-and-so's brother or so-and-so's wife. And it's, 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 it's impacting lives around us yeah it's a real it's a it's real so again as we are impacted by this what are we going to do are we going to reach out and minister the way christ would are we going to be imitators of paul who imitated christ and i mean i'm thankful like you know we were talking about all these things yesterday i'm thankful where we are right now because I know that our governor is trying his hardest, and you know they're letting the churches remain. I know our mayor. I know he he is wanting churches to stay open, and they're receiving a lot of flack and pressure and all of these things. But they know that Christianity, and they both, you know, our governor and, and our mayor, they're both like, well, we're Christians. You know, we're going to keep pursuing. We're going to keep doing. And so I'm thankful where we live. But I also know this, that I'm going to thank God for the blessing of where I am, but I'm going to pray for the people that are in the other places that are are absolutely absolutely under um, the the government. And it's just, it's sad to me that each state is so different right now, but we're all under that same constitution that I guess some governors are just throwing out the window right now um, about our religious freedom, you know, we were found, God, you know, all those things that we read in the beginning of America and what, honestly, what America was built on is men that feared God. Yep. And they recognized that God, 
you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, all of these things under God. And, and now we live in a time where they're wanting to take God out of that, and they're doing that. But now they're starting to crack down on churches and threatening to fine us and put us in jail. And, I mean, Jesus said we're going to be persecuted, so if someone shows up because I'm preaching on a Sunday and they want to put me in jail, then, I mean, yeah, sure, go ahead. Because Jesus said it was going to come. But it's just so sad that even like with MacArthur, he literally, in all of his interviews, he's like, what about our Constitution? What, what about the things we're built on? What about God? Does no one care for God anymore? And ultimately, they don't. In the, those, and it's just sad. And, and I, I hate it uh, that it's happening to people. Um, and we've got to pray for them. So. Yeah, yeah, we do. The, the adversary, though, I mean, he's, this isn't nothing new. I mean, since the beginning, he stood against God. Yeah. And um, that is ultimately his goal is to separate God's creation from him. Yeah. And any way that he can. And the thing is, is the the agendas of some out there are that of, you know, causing that separation. And they they are very much advocately speaking against it and speaking against the word of God and speaking against of, you know, religious groups coming together. Um, And they're also putting it in, you know, like, I mean, so basically, if you look at a society in a whole, you see it getting stripped away. At the same time, it's getting stripped away. We seeing sin that is getting added in to where it's basically desensitizing the um, the children. And I mean, that's where it's starting. It's starting in grade school. They're having conversations now in the grade schools that you know should not be out of the grade school uh, out of a grade school type setting. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you know, like I said, they're trying to remove Christ from it. It, it is our responsibility to share that love of Christ. You know, and when we are when we are confronted with somebody that is definitely considered to be an adversary, that's taking a stand against God, I mean, we cannot let ourselves get to a place to where we become combative. I mean, we stand strong in our faith, but we show love. You know, so, I mean, we, I'll, I'll, I, there's nothing more that I want to see them walking away scratching their head. You know, just enough to where, like, why is he acting that way? Why didn't he, you know, yell at me? Why didn't we get into a, a alter, you know, a verbal altercation that, you know, with, with the extremities? And the reason is, is because, like I said, we have to show that love of Christ. And that's ultimately, we read all through Scripture. But, I mean, the sin has not, it's like I said, it's nothing new. Look, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, they, they, those people rebelled against God They time and time again, you know, and if they, they took a stand, they, they served the evil, the sinful part. So you, you brought up a good point about when we see these things being taken away. And, I, I mean, the, the nation that we live in, it's, I mean, majority rules, right? It, it, so I've spent a lot of time in the community. We do a lot of door-to-door evangelism, and, and, I, and we've— done a lot of that it's hard to knock on somebody's door and have a conversation about their spiritual belief system and not find anybody that's not a christian so if everybody's a christian right and we 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 do a lot of it we have done a lot of it if everybody's a christian and the majority of the people that i talk to are christians then why is this such a dilemma why is it such a, a hard decision for somebody to say, well, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's right to kill a baby or not, or I don't know if it's wrong. To, to me, it's, it's cut and dry. It's cut and dry. It's cut it and absolutely. dry. When you look at God's Word and you, you read God's Word, there should be no question about it whatsoever. 
And so my point is, if you're listening and you claim the title of a Christian, I'm not talking down to you, and I'm not trying to uh, degrade you in any way if you're not active. Uh, we're trying to encourage you. The fact that uh, when it's high time that we wake up out of our sleep, our slumber, if you've been that uh, lukewarm Christian or, or uh, 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 not been actively pursuing Christ in, in uh, his relationship with you in, in advancing in sanctification, we want to encourage you to do that. We hope that something we can say or do might push you to a point of repentance. And when I say that, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I do it regularly, daily, as a matter of fact. Uh, start off, you know, just asking God to cleanse my heart and give me that uh, right standing with him so that that's, uh, there's an open line of communication. It's needful. Uh, we want to we encourage you to do that. And, you know, we've talked about how the church, I mean, the first question, why should the church be a positive thing? And I mean, I've, I think we've pretty much accomplished that because of sin and hope and all of these things that are going on. So the church should be standing out right now, no matter what phase your church is in, you know, being effective, trying to reach people, trying to share uh, the message of Christ. And we've seen that in, in the past history, when you look at the history of Acts or the history of the early churches after the Bible was already assembled and given out, that during persecution, the church usually thrived. Yep. Really. I mean, yep. that's crazy to think about, but it did because people realized that the hope's gone. Being comfortable's gone. Yep. Okay. And, and their faith was real. Yes. Okay. So now, you know, and then Josh asked the question about, how do you respond about, you know, the government coming down and saying, we're going to arrest you, we're going to find you. Well, we've one, we've established that as Christians, it's not about, we're not under Caesar, we're under God. And then secondly, we've talked about that literally when you look at what our country is built on, our laws, our constitution, when you look at what the Bible says, that they have no um, divineness or special morality that they can determine that we can't worship it's just people that are following the deceiving de the devil uh, doctrines of devils and all of these things that we read about in the scriptures. So now I want to take this another step. And honestly, I don't even know what we're going to title this. It's like everything that's going on in 2020 right now for the church is what, you know, but so let's talk about this. Okay. So right now in the church, in multiple churches, now we've all heard of false teachers we've heard of false messages false hopes all these people that are trying to creep in they're like wolves in sheep's clothing um all, all of these things okay but i, I want to say this right now the spirit of the antichrist is on it's been on the scene for years it's still here and that just means basically the spirit of deception the spirit of the evil and the spirit that's trying to take and cause separation between god and his creation so right now is a prime time where I, I've seen that there are false preachers and false teachers that are trying to take the stage, center stage right now. I mean, the prosperity preachers, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen. I mean, there's, they're like, don't, you know, keep giving, keep giving. God will bless it and take these away. Keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this. And we've seen, you know, the people who said they were Christians, and now things are getting hard. So it's like the seed in Mark 4 has been thrown out, and the sun came up. You know, all those things rose up, and it scorched the seed, and it ended up withering away. We're seeing that. So basically, we live in a time right now um, that I was thinking about in um, Titus 1.16. They profess to know God. 
but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. And at one point in Titus, it even talks about that they tried to put on a sense of godliness that they don't have. And so right now during this pandemic, during this time, um, there is false teachers. There are people trying to say that they're godly. There are things going on because... It's all part of that deception Josh was talking about. So we see that people are promoting sin, right? They're saying, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But now we see people who are trying to fake religion and fake Christianity that they may not be coming out like the government, but they're saying, hey, life's all about you. You can do what you want, like Josh said. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And so I'm, paint, I'm painting a picture to say this, and you guys chime in after this. Whether it's political, it's cultural, or it's false teaching, all of the avenues of anti-Bible, anti-Jesus, they're all leading to the same point. Absolutely. The evil one. Yes. I mean, the Scriptures, he hath blinded the minds, he hath blinded their eyes, um, you know, at one point in the Bible, it talks about the veil in their mind. It, it's still there. Yep. And, I mean, and so ha- what? how do we see that aspect of this time of corona and politics and all of these things? How do we see these wolves in sheep clothing? I mean, what do you guys think? So it's just, to me, uh, again, it's it's fulfillment of Scripture. And, yeah. and when we uh, get down to uh, the basically end times and we've talked about this before you know when we when we we say you know lord's coming back and 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 we've been hearing that all of our lives well he is coming back and it's it's just the scriptures getting closer and closer and closer to the day when the church should be getting more and more and more in tune with him yeah and and being like that the bride of christ and getting adorned and and you know the 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 parable in the bible where about the the virgins who uh, were, were waiting for the groomsmen to come the and, 10 virgins yeah, I think. five of them were wise matthew 25 they filled their lamps up and, and five of them were foolish and <laughs> they, they, they said hey give us some of yours they closed the door and he said it's too Sorry, late, too late. <laughs> i don't know who you are it's, it's too late now yeah. yeah well i mean so here's the here's the thing so we we have a society that basically says that you can be what you want when you want and that's just on your feelings so this is a society that we are trying to reach. The bad thing is is that a lot of the churches out there with the false teachers are teaching that it's all due to interpretation. So when they read it, they go, I know what it says, but that doesn't apply to me. You know, that was at that time period. And there are specific stories that are time period for that specific situation. But there's a lot of it that is not for interpretation. It's the Word of God. Literal. Yes, literally. Very, very literal. Right. And the thing is, is that, like I said, so that when we are trying to, and like, Alan, you made a point, you know, that the, you, you do knock on the doors in this area, and almost every one of them, there's a Christian behind. But the thing is, is that they, and it's, it's almost an awareness of Christ, but they don't know him. 
you know, but they've been convinced otherwise that they know him. But it's like, and, and that's what, you know, and it, I mean, I almost want to just be like, okay, I know you're professing that you yeah. know him, yeah, but yeah. do you really? I mean. And God's not blessed me with the spiritual gift of looking into a person and seeing right. the condition of their soul. Right. Because it, it doesn't exist. It, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. exist. So, but if we have a conversation and you tell me out of your mouth that you're a Christian, I'm not going to accuse you of lying. Right. You know. But, uh, again, our pastor went through a whole series of sermons to help the church to understand how important is it that you bear fruit. Right. A tree's known by its fruit. And the ones that don't bear fruit. Well, that's the thing. And so, like, you know, it says that we're just have the light, you know, and like on the hill. And, I mean, you think about it. When it's like those nights that are just pitch black outside— you see that light for miles and miles and miles away, yeah. and I mean that's that effect. That's how we should be in in, in society. Absolutely. I mean, when people should be able to easily point us out and go right now. Yeah, it's that time in society yes. right now. Our that church, light shines. Yep, and, should be shining. And I mean, like, uh, you know, in Acts fifteen, you know, um, we're we're seeing that there are some false teachers. Judaizer preachers going into Antioch, and they're basically preaching you have to be circumcised to truly be saved. Mm-hmm. You read the whole book of Galatians, Paul's writing it. So, and you're like, well, I'm not like, I don't think there needs to be circumcision. Yeah, you may not line up, but that's just an example of that there's going to be deceivers. Whether they're preaching that you have to be circumcised or they're preaching this sin is okay, live how you want. They're all considered false teachers. Yeah. And it's even like right here in, um, you know, Titus. You know, we talk about false teachers, but you have to understand that there's false believers, too, that say, I do this, I do this. But right there in that verse I read, it says, well, yeah, they profess. So the, the, the false teacher and the false believer, they're both going to, this verse, profess to know God, but they deny him by their works, yes. by their disobedience. Yes. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Hunter, are you obedient all the time? Absolutely not. I I sin. I I have issues. But I know that the Bible says to repent after I do those and to stay repentant up, to keep my sin account short, um, to, you know, confess my sins to God, to strive and keep those, you know, keep those obstacles, you know, those things that try to trip me up, that want to bring me into captivity like you read in Romans. I recognize all those things, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to strive to not do those things. But if I fail because the flesh is weak, then, yeah, I'm gonna, I know I need to repent. But if you live life and you say you're a Christian and you want to sin all the time, you don't want to repent, you don't want to own up, okay, well, that's what this verse is talking about. They deny him by their works. So if you profess to know God, but all of the works and all of the things you do are unbiblical and you don't have conviction or chastisement about it, well, the Bible says in, in Hebrews, well, you may not be a son, right? right? right. And, and so whether it's the false teacher or the false believer, to kind of go back to my question is right now, I mean, and, and here's the thing, we are still in a great time for the church, right? Some oh, place, yeah. California, you know, some places are very much under persecution and all of these things, but they have great lawyers, they have things, and I believe it'll work out. I hope and I pray that it works out for them, but they're still doing church right now, right? We live in Tennessee, and we don't have things. So right now is a great time for the church to minister to people, but 
this, I mean, one of these days, like Josh was talking about, the lamp's going to get a lot closer to the table. And by that, I mean this. It's going to get harder. They're going to take our buildings away. They're going to underground. We'll have to do underground church. We're going to have to do home church. We're going to have to do all these things. And, you know, it really just depends how, you know, if the Lord allows that, he might come before that. He might, things might happen more. I don't know. But I know this, is that the light is getting closer to the table. And by that, is that right now, what's going on in the world, it's going to start exposing true belief, the wheat and we'll the tares. Yeah. Well, look Separation. Out now. Look out now. <laughs> and, and that's what the, the Matthew 25 with 10 versions. Yeah. Some, they were prepared. And some, some weren't. weren't. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you get over to like Mark 13. The master leaves the house, right? And he leaves the gatekeeper. He leaves, he leaves things to be taken care of. So mm-hmm. we are waiting for the Lord to come back, but we realize there's responsibilities and there's things that we've been given that we need to do. When he returns, shall he find faith upon? So we've got to, we've got to stay consistent. The servants, the parable of the servants, where he left them, you know, the, the sum of money behind yeah. to use and to, to, to multiply. And the one servant that was slothful, dug yeah. a hole and buried, buried it, it. Yeah. didn't use his talent. Yeah. Man, it's a time in society where God's blessed you with a talent, literal talent, to use for his name and for his honor. Put it to work. Get it to work. Yes. Blow and the dust off of it. Get it out and use it. And the parable I was talking about in Mark 13, I mean, he says, you know, when the master returns, lest he find you sleeping. Mm-hmm. Same concept. You know, if you're sleeping right now as a Christian, it's high time to arise. But I'm almost scared to say if you continue to sleep and you say that you're a Christian, you're not being responsible, nor are you really cared about when the master's coming back. And that, that's just a scary thought it to is. think about. Yeah. And, and if you're listening, you think, oh, you're judging me. No, we're not. I think no. what I challenge you to do, judge judge yourself with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Don't think that we're talking down or condemning you. We're concerned. The job Absolutely. of the Holy Spirit, if, if, if you have a conviction in your heart right now over this conversation, talk to God about it. And let me throw some encouragement. You know, like Alan said, if you're listening to this and you think we're judging you, I, I promise you we're not. Actually, we're saying all this because we care about every listener that's listening to this. And before we even pr- start this, I just gave like before we even do the podcast, we pray over the podcast and the listeners. So we're praying for you. So I believe wholeheartedly the reason that we're talking about this stuff today is because this is what God wants us to speak about. This is what the Holy Spirit led us to in our conversation. We're yep. of like mind. We're of one accord right now on all this. And I believe it's to be because we're concerned. And everyone who listens to this, we're praying and hoping that you're like, I agree with you guys, and I, I'm with you. Right now is a time where we need to rise up and be positive, yes. and we need to do these things. And so we want you to be encouraged by all of what we're talking absolutely. about. Absolutely, and just like we talked about earlier, the, uh, God's not blessed me with, with the spiritual gift to look into a person's soul and, and judge the the status of that and because that gift does not exist yeah that's just like the wheat and the tares we don't have the ability right. to separate or discern between yeah. the two god's not blessed us with that ability right that's that's his job yeah i mean he, he said well he'll come and, yep. and separate the threshold he'll, t- he'll take right. care of that all, all of those things yeah and that and that just says that that we don't know so we're encouraging you as christians to like look at the church, the Christian, and the Bible in 2020. Man, that might be a title right there. The church, the Christian, and the Bible in 2020. Yeah. We're we're wanting you to look at those three concepts and think, man, right now it, it's hard, and I need to be praying for all three. High I, time. 
I need we need to wake up. High time. Uh, you know, right here, I'm looking at Romans 13. It talks about the Christian in government. We need to pray for our government. We need to decide if we're going to serve Caesar or serve God. Yes, we do. And, um, you know, we need to seek the Lord and, you know, not be positive for our own glory that we would boast, but be positive and glory st- of God. for the glory, what we talked about right there, in our hope of the glory of of God and guys, it, it breaks my heart right now. And there's some days, man, I don't even want to look at any news or fake because it's just pain. All it's negativity all over the place. But I know this: that yesterday, during um, my day, I was here in the office, and there's a lot of days that, like I'll get on Facebook and I, I just listen to the, the other pastors in this area preach. And it was just so encouraging because every church that I looked up in our Baptist association right here, there was a sermon up of their pastor preaching the good news of Christ. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it just encouraged me. And, I mean, I heard messages about, you know, standing up right now. I heard messages about, you know, hell, and we need to go find those people that we need a witness to right now. And, and it just it encouraged me because— there are churches out there right now that they might be in a different phase of opening up, but they realize that right now is an essential time to share the news of Christ, to proclaim, to witness. You know, if you have ministries up right now, to take full advantage of the time that God has allowed us to have back. Get in there and support those ministries. Get, support your pastors. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, uh, volunteer. And, and listen, if you're if your health is dang, like if you're in a dangerous place with your health, be smart. Take advantage of the online things that your church provides. Or if your church can't provide it because things are going on, there's so many churches right now that are providing yeah. online resources. You know, Christians, we've got to be smart. You know, we have members here that aren't coming back because of the coronavirus. And if God allows all this to blow over, they'll be back when, when they yeah, feel safe absolutely. because they know if they show up here and they get it, they'll they'll pass away. We don't want that. We don't want that for anyone. But if you know in your health and in your person and you pray and you're can, if you know that you can be in the church right now, you can do something to help, you can do something to serve, step in, you know, take take that notion, take that, that leap of faith to really get in there because... Right now, I mean, if your church is, if like they have ministries open, the kids, the youth, whatever, I, I can say this because we can look at, they need help, yep. right? Because people are showing up because the church has been closed. They're needing, you know, some people need food. Some people need help. The homeless, the, the children are showing up. People are coming out of the woodworks because God's been dealing with them about not being in church. So, Help and step in. You know, if you have gifts and talents like Alan was talking about, step up and be like, I, I will use them. Talk to your church leadership about how can we do this safely. Because, like, you know, we our choir, we have choir right now, but if you look at our live stream, it's like half of what it usually is, and we're spaced out. We're cleaning our mics. We're sanitizing. We're not doing handshaking. We're not doing these things. We do pray with people on the altar, but we're cleaning our hands. You know, we're not up there. I'm not up there rubbing somebody's face trying to... So you can be smart. You can talk to your church leadership about things that are going on. But I'm telling you, it's one of those times right now that we don't need to sit on the bench. You know what I'm saying? We we need to make sure that we're... And the cool thing about God is this, and I've heard a lot of pastors say, 
Nobody has to sit on the bench. We're all starters. That's it. That's We're it. all on the field right now. And if we take that time to be like, well, I just don't want to do it, and we sit on the bench, well, man, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I've been in a place before where I knew that there were things I needed to do for the church, and I didn't do it on purpose. And I it was the most uncomfortable I've ever lived because God was on me every day about, why are you not doing what you're supposed to be doing? So I- acknowledge that, hey, you're a starter. You may not be the pastor. You may not be the worship leader. You might be a Sunday school teacher. You might be a part of the evangelism yes. team. You might be a part of the media team. You might you have a specific gift and talent that God has given you. And here's the deal. The Bible says that God's not given us the spirit of fear. Yeah. But a sound mind. And here we go. The sound mind portion. Okay, we're not asking you if you've got a weakened immune system, if you're going through chemotherapy, or if you've got uh, uh, underlying conditions. You've got a sound mind. The scripture says, I've got a sound mind. Use that sound mind to make good decisions with. Oh, yeah. Use them to make good decisions. But if you're perfectly healthy, if you have the ability and the, the, the song in your heart and God has blessed you with salvation, you are not you don't have the spirit of fear. Yeah. So use that sound mind that he gave you to make good decisions. And here's the deal. You don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to the pastor. You answer to God. Yeah. So sure. be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Follow his leadership. And if the master, like Mark 13, if the master came back right now, how would he find you? Would he find you taking care of the house, taking care of the responsibilities, or would he find you asleep just sitting on the bench? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Hunter, that's not fair. You, would you have your talent buried because you were scared? There's right. so many parables that talk about it. Yeah. Are you holding the truth in unrighteousness right yep. now? I mean, um, it, it's like, for example, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not called to be a street preacher, right? So I'm not out on the street right now telling everybody I know. Um, but God is putting people in my life right now. I, I'm in charge of youth right now and students. And so God has opened my place where I'm called. And when he opens that window, I need to make sure I'm ready. And I have my shoes on, I'm laced up, and I'm on the field. And if I was a street preacher, some guys are, I need to be laced up. If I'm a pastor, if I'm a worship leader... Um, you need to be ready for what you're called to do. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's people I've encountered during this coronavirus that they're adults, but yet God said, you need to go talk to them. You need to try to, okay, I went, because that's what God wanted me to do. And, and so that's where the master returns, guys. We want everyone to be encouraged and to be um, pushed in a positive way. Let's get up. Yep. Let's wake up. Let's let's clean the house. Let's take care. Let's go out in the highway and the hedges, and let's bring people in and, and do it in a safe um, way that, you know. And it's like our pastor said yesterday. He said, if an outbreak happened in Watson's Chapel, it could. It could. I mean, it could ha- be happening right now. If an outbreak of the coronavirus broke out in our church, our pastor said this, we will do all of the cleaning that is required, we will do all the recommended time that is required. We'll take the two weeks, the 14 days. We'll shut it down. But when that is up, these doors will open back open. And if you still have it, stay home. But if you're healed and you're ready, let's get back up. You got to worship about. And that's what. <laughs> and, and there are churches right now that, um, you know, in this area that they've communicated to us and asked us to pray for them because that's happened in their churches. But it's so encouraging because... Yeah, they said, yeah, we're having to close, but it's so cool because now I'm talking to them like, we're about to reopen. And I'm just like, yes. Whether seven people show up or 700 show up, they're like, we're going to reopen because that's what God's wanting us to do. Hey, God can work with a handful just like he can a house full. Yes. Absolutely. 
And uh, so, guys, I know today is definitely not in Matthew 5, <laughs> but that, that's okay. But, guys, you know, we whether we talked about the church, the Christian, or what how the Bible is being fulfilled, uh, the false teaching, all these little things we've talked about that are going on right now, please feel encouraged and, and feel, I mean, in a sense, it's almost like there are sometimes our worship leader, Ty, okay, he just gets fired up. Yeah. And it's almost it takes me back to my high school basketball locker room where it's game time or football locker room and the coach walks in and he is just like giving this speech and I feel like, you know, I, I'm about to go slay a thousand giants. And I'm just like my adrenaline's pumping and I'm excited to go out and give my all on that field. And Ty, dude, there are nights that he just gets so fired up and it's like he's just like giving us that speech or a pastor on Sunday giving us that sermon, giving us the word, encouraging us, and it takes me back to those days. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yes. And it's all seasoned with the Holy Spirit that just puts that stamp. The fragrance, the salt. The, 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 it's that it's that stamp of sincerity and genuine uh, authenticity. Yeah. The fact that, you know, God is, has put his approval on it. Yeah. And there, the, if it's fake or if it's phony, man, you could spot it from a mile. Right. You can. But because of the fact that the Holy Spirit has placed his approval on it nothing does me any better I told, i've told jason i've told i've not told ty so ty if you're listening to this buddy i, I love you and i like to hear you singing the holy spirit because uh, it, it, you can tell he, his face lights up and there's a big old vein runs up the side of his neck looks like conduit going up <laughs> but he's just i mean the spirit of god is just like it's resting upon him yeah. and when you get in that position the bible says that god's children are no strength, and they recognize the Spirit. And oh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, man, it just uh, starts passing from one to another, and that atmosphere that is so conducive for uh, uh, regeneration or for uh, repentance, that holy ground Moses-type, man alive, I'm going to put my shoes off. I'm on holy ground type of deal. Yeah. It's it's one of those unmistakable experiences, and we'd love to invite you. If you're not going to church anywhere, uh, come join us. Definitely. Josh, did you have something? Yeah, just that the, you know, the, um, kind of touching off of what Alan was saying is that, you know, we're, we're all guilty at that times, you know, having the, just that place of complacency, you know, to where, you know, we we are still a child. We still fully believe, but we just kind of became – idle and you know i mean that's that's the great thing about him is that it doesn't matter what the cause the reason you know i mean and and, and i mean i know that it happens because we're like i said we're all guilty of it yeah to the plant time you know and with the covid i mean on this virus i mean just sometimes that you know just being out of the routine of it you know do they still believe absolutely you know, do yeah. they still, but it's just that they became complacent, you know? And I mean, the same God that saved us from who we were is, is, is worthy. You know, it says we call upon him and he's faithful, Yeah. you know? And that's the thing is that it's, it, 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 it could be a tough time that people are in that they, you know, they, they feel ashamed or they feel kind of, you know, just call out to him. Good people. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, 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 it's like anything else, you know, and that's the one thing that I've always said is that nothing really happens by intent and negative negativity. 
you know, nobody ever say, wakes up and says, you know, I'm going to become a car thief and goes out and decides to start. Run. It's a small progressive step. And it's the same with the separation with us. You know, you know, no one just is going to church, you know, on fire for the Lord, doing great works. And it says, OK, I'm done. No, it's a slow it's a slow thing. You know, they 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 miss a service or they, you know, start slacking on their prayer time or they start feeling a little distracted. Or, you know, and they even start questioning themselves. Well, you know, and I, I mean, I've heard it in the past where the people say, well, how do you how do I know if I was even saved? You know, and they start to second guess them. And the, yeah. maybe I maybe I missed it. Maybe I wasn't something I did. And the next thing you know, they're they are separate. You know, they they are out of the, the will of, you know, yeah. not intending church. And the, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's 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 faithful to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, hey. Jonah's in the belly of that well, and he says, "Yet yeah, I will look again." Yeah. And for people who, maybe I mean, you're stag- I've been there where I become yeah. stagnant. It, it's one of those things that when you finally realize, man, I've let a lot of miles gather up on this car, and I'm broken right now. Yeah, that you come to that conclusion where you go, "Yet yeah, I will look again," and you know exactly where you need to look. Yes, and, and I mean. As the time goes on, the more you seek the Lord, I mean, you get better at keeping your sin account short. You get better at these things, and you will fail, and you will do these things. But, man, this is this just brings it all to teeth, what I was about to say earlier. you I mean, you led up to this, is that all people who are listening to this right now that are Christians, I want you to realize something. Earlier we talked about how God is outside the standard of time, and that means this. He already knows what's getting ready to happen. Yep. And I mean, oh gosh, I'm about to start crying. <laughs> he are, he already knows yes. people. Like if you're like Hunter, hold it together. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're just like Hunter, I, I understand. But man, things are hard right now. Yeah. Our church is struggling. Things are. I I know things are hard. Uh, it, it's been crazy. But me and you have the same hope and the same thing that we realize sure. is that God wrote when he inspired all Scripture and the canon of Scripture was finally closed. Our last book was Revelations, and it tells us that the evil one, he will lose. Um, the evil of this world, it will be destroyed. And after it's destroyed, well, guess what? God's going to create, like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. poor in spirit, they shall inherit. Absolutely. Okay. And we will, my friends. And right now is a time that, man, I it's like I was uh, I was talking to my girlfriend Haley the other day. Man, God's been all over me the last few days. Yeah. Uh, the prayer of Hannah. When's the last time you poured your, you know, poured out to me? Um, just some other things He's working on me right now. And I mean, He's been all over me. And, yeah. and it's like the Bible says, like chastisement. Like in that, it, it's it's not the most joyful thing. But dude, I would take Him being all over me, yeah. trying to help me become more holy. To walk more according to the Spirit, like Galatians five, to help me to reach the mark. Right. I, I I would rather him do those things for me than for me just to live a life the way I would want it to. Mediocre, and I just with no hope. And that's to say this is that yeah, things are hard. God's working on us. God's working on the church. Um, you know, all those things. Yeah, it's going on. But guess, I mean, we already know what's getting ready to happen. Right at the, the palm end of, of his hand. Yes. <laughs> we might we might die. Our bodies might be taken from us. But ultimately, and Jesus might come back. I, I don't know. I No man knows the day nor the hour. But I know this, that one of these days that this body right here, this tent, according to Corinthians, it's going to pass. But to be absent from the body, to be absent from the tent, is to be present from the Lord. And I don't know. Listen, I don't know what it's like. 
to die. I got something in my eye. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to die. And I don't know what it's like for my faith and my spirit, my soul, for my that to become. But I'm looking forward to figuring out what that means. Yeah. Because I I know, and I, I know deep down within me that if this virus takes me or the government takes me or Jesus comes, I'm going to be in such a better place. Absolutely. And I'm going to see my grandparents. I'm going to see Brother Jar. I'm going to see you too. Yep. And for all our listeners right now, I'll see you there too. And we'll recognize each other. And I mean, I, that's the one thing that Alan said this too about Christians is that I can meet a stranger that's a Christian and we become best friends in 10 minutes yes. because we have the same one spirit yep. of God. And so I can't, I just can't wait to, to be in that for eternity. And I don't know what eternity looks like. I've never been there, but I, I'm looking forward to it. So guys, do you got anything else? <laughs> How long have we went? <laughs> it's about an hour and 12 minutes, people. This is the longest episode. And I'm telling you, when we sat down, we were talking about other things. We were talking about yes. Beatitudes. And I mean, once that first question came up, this is, I believe this is what I have peace that this is what I we do need too. to talk about and today. I, I tell you what, man, just, just like in, in the service when we talked about Ty singing, when it's seasoned with the Holy Spirit, yep. you don't have to apologize for anything. That's right. God knows no, their heart. That's right. Don't no. apologize. Oh, we'll never apologize. That's love, exactly right. Hey, we love talking about the Bible so much. I'll never <laughs> apologize. So, But guys, uh, that's what we got. Next week, we'll continue the Beatitudes. And I think here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have hopefully a guest. We're going to talk about a little bit more. Um, but we're looking forward to this one um man i want to i won't say anything. <laughs> so um guys this is hunter so farewell love y'all guys god bless. god bless all right we'll see you guys next week see ya